Revolutionary Podcast coming your way. Today we're doing episode 466, but a special 466, me and the Ricky V Rock. What's up, buddy? How you doing? Hey, what's up, Steve? What's up, guys? How's everybody doing out there? So in this one, we're going to introduce a couple. We've done a lot of podcasts, really um, so many podcasts, it's impossible to even remember how many we've done uh it's, it's got to be like 700 800 podcasts so some of the podcasts we've done really really good episodes they've been buried and maybe you guys haven't and gals haven't had a chance to, to take a look at them because there's so many to listen to and i'm not sure any human being would be capable of listening to every single podcast so maybe there's something that you should go back and listen to And in this podcast, we're going to pick a couple really good episodes that we think you guys should be listening to. So, Rick, why don't you tell us a couple of the episodes and why you decided to pick them? Testosterone. So many questions about testosterone on the forums every single day. So I picked podcast number 278 and podcast number 284. We're going to load them here back to back. It's going to give you pretty much everything we know now about testosterone. You're going to hear it so we don't get the same repetitive questions. I think this is going to help uh, towards uh, that goal. But, yeah, I mean, you need to know this. And a couple hundred podcasts ago. So there it is. Without further ado, 278 and then 284. What's up, guys? Evolutionary.org podcast coming your way. Guys, it's number 278. Today, we're going to be talking about testosterone, and we're going to discuss everything from A to Z, everything having to do with testosterone. So I have Rick on the line. What's up, buddy? How you doing? Hey, Steve. Hey, what's up, guys? How's everybody doing out there? Um, yeah, today's podcast 278. On our podcast 276, we did EQ, Equipoise. That was a really nice one. And podcast 274 with it, Diana Ball. So if you uh, want to find out about those two hormones, make sure you check those back out. And then on a podcast uh, coming up for the single compounds, uh, which one do you want to do, Steve? I haven't decided. Yeah, it's going to be 280. Podcast number 280. Um, what do you want to do for 280? Yeah, I think we're going to go with DECA for 280. Like DECA? Neandrolone. Yeah. 280, we're doing nandrolone, nandrolone phenylpropanate, nandrolone undecanoate, right? Yep. Good to go. All right, so uh, 280, we're going to do DECA, and uh, this is 278, we're doing testosterone. So, <clears throat> so these podcasts are pretty much evergreen. The information you're going to hear today, it's relevant today, it's relevant 10 years ago, it'll be relevant 10 years from now. So um, you're getting, you know, everything that Steve and I have researched and used and know about testosterone, all our years of uh, dealing with uh, um, being in the lifestyle. Yeah, guys. So let's, let's talk about testosterone first. And then Rick's going to talk about the history and we'll kind of dig into it. First off, when we're talking about testosterone, we talk about it on the forums, we're talking about it on this episode, we're talking about the synthetic exogenous testosterone that we're going to be injecting into our body. We're not talking about the testosterone that's in our body and other animals' bodies, obviously. So this is a synthetic version that we're injecting, which 
it mimics exactly the structure of actual testosterone that's in our body. Now, what is that testosterone that's in our body? It is a male hormone. And in males, it's going to be made by our testicles, our, our balls, our nut sack, whatever you want to call it. And also our adrenal glands do produce a small amount as well. It is our principal sex hormone as males, and it is anabolic in our body, and it is androgenic. Females will also produce a small amount of testosterone in their ovaries, but it's way less than what males produce. I'd say about a tenth as much as what males produce. So if you run blood work, a normal level of testosterone in a normal healthy adult male is going to be somewhere between 300 350 nanograms per deciliter up to about 850 900 nanograms per deciliter so if you're running blood work in the united states typically those are going to be the metrics that we judge it by so if you're lower than that you're considered low testosterone and that would be um you know a that would suck because if you're low testosterone, you're going to have a lot of negative side effects, which we're going to get into as this um, podcast continues. So what are the advantages of having um, injecting testosterone? Well, it's like I said, anabolic and androgenic. So you're going to get all the, the great qualities of using a steroid, um, anything from more muscle, leaner, uh, leaner and fat department, you're going to get some um, some strength in the gym. You're going to get some nice strength in the gym. You're going to get some mood, improved mood, especially if you're low on it. So there's a lot of benefits. We're going to dig into the benefits later. But first, I want to give Rick, let, let him jump in and talk about the history because it's kind of fascinating uh, learning about the history of these compounds. Tell us a little bit about the history, Rick. I got so a pretty um, fascinating history here with uh, testosterone. So around... In 1889, Harvard professor named Charles uh, Edward Brown Support, dude had four names, he uh, extracted what he called a rejuvenating elixir from dog and guinea pig testicles. You heard that right, from dog and guinea pig testicles. The then 72-year-old uh, professor gave himself injections of the extracted elixir, and uh, he thought that he felt great and that he was he felt restored. So as far back as... a uh, as far back as 1889, people that knew things knew there was already something there. And uh, they started just injecting. Imagine that the extract of dog testicles and guinea pig testicles and then injecting them. That's, that's, pretty, uh, that's pretty hardcore. So when scientists all over the world started hearing about the, uh, this guy's experiments, they started uh, doing their own experiments with animal testicles trying to find the elixir of life. So in the 1890s, a 70-year-old uh, volunteer named Jason Gamble from uh, San Francisco uh, was injected with a, a lamb testicular fluid, okay? So, so the testicular fluid from a lamb. And a few, a few days after his injection, Gamble said he felt more limber and had better digestion, uh, had more energy, had an objective test, also showed a, a significant improvement in his grip strength. This is a, a quote from some of my research there. So 1890, uh, uh, Jason Gamble, <laughs> guy got injected with uh, testicular fluid from a lamb and you know, felt that uh, it improved his lifestyle, apparently. By uh, 1927, already in the in University of Chicago, right, the professor of physiological chemistry, Fred uh, C. Koch, 
he found a way to obtain large amounts of bull testicles. So they started trying to isolate pure testosterone out of these bull testicles. So they found a way to isolate pure testosterone and they started testing it on roosters that had their testicles removed. So by 1935 uh, in the Netherlands, uh, there was a group of scientists there that were able to, they were able to isolate a few pure milligrams of testosterone and they were able to identify the hormone. Uh, it was published in a newspaper, May 1935, the article uh, on crystalline male hormone from testicles, testosterone. And the article, they talked about it. They found it, they isolated. And from the 1930s to about the 1950s, they called it the golden age of steric chemistry because a lot of new hormones were developed. Once testosterone was identified as this pretty simple and pretty ancient three-ring structure, automatically scientists began manipulating the structure to get different effects from it, different effects in the human body and different interactions with the enzyme. You know, for example, uh, they would take the, the structure and change it up a little bit so that it wouldn't interact with the aromatase enzyme, hence it wouldn't aromatize, it would not give you any uh, estrogen-related side effects. However, it would give you other different side effects. And from about the 1930s to the 1950s, in, the, in that 20-year span is when most of the steroids that we have today were developed is when testosterone was identified and isolated. For many of you guys that have been around uh, the bodybuilding world here the last 10, 15, 20 years, if you saw there was a big wave of pro-hormones that people were taking for a while and became then illegal. A lot of guys think those were new pro-hormones. They were not. Those were published in a book from the 1960s, 1950s. I mean, they were published in a book and they were discovered ages ago. And many of them have been tested and they just found, they just found no reason to continue to research them any further because maybe there were other uh, better uh, steroids at, at the time. And those were the ones that became commercialized, like your Anavar, Winstrol you know, your, regular, your testosterone esters. And, and by about 1939, they had already figured out how to actually synthesize testosterone from uh, cholesterol. So testosterone was around and people were using it from about 1939 is when it, would, it really became available. And by about 1967, the International Olympic Committee decided to ban steroids and any kind of performance enhancement in the Olympics. Now, remember uh, John Ziegler from episode uh, 274, John Ziegler started developing Dianabol around 1954. And by 1967, already the Olympic Committee was coming down on athletes for using performance enhancement, especially testosterone injections, especially Dianabol and some of these compounds. Now, from my research, testosterone at first was just available as base testosterone without an ester. And then just two or three years after testosterone was in the market, it became available with the propionate ester. So apparently the very first sterified testosterone was testosterone propionate. Now, talking about the history of testosterone a little bit, we have a lot of hormones that our bodies use. Hormones are basically signal carriers. And these sex hormones, these testosterone hormones that we use have been in us so far back that we share the same kind of structure with like horses and, and fish and other ver vertebrates because um, it's, a, it's a hormone from that was that our bodies had from way, way back in evolution. Now, when you compare it against something that discusses in another podcast, human growth hormone, the human growth hormone that's in you won't have the same effect on a horse, vice versa, 
of course, this uh, growth hormone won't have the same effect on you. However, your testosterone between you and the horse is interchangeable. So these are hormones that were basically developed in latter stages of, of our evolution, obviously, right? So that's why I would say uh, testosterone is a pretty ancient hormone when you compare it to, to our version of uh, human growth hormone, which is uh, something we probably developed more recently in our evolution. So it's, it's an ancient hormone as in humans, as in horses, cattle, fish. And this is why veterinary steroids that were meant to use on horses and cattle and, and pigs and whatever, why they work on humans so well, because it's pretty ancient hormone that, that goes all the way back to our common ancestor with other vertebrates. All right, guys. So what Rick was mentioning, the first testosterone version was testosterone based, as he said, suspension. And what it is, it's, uh, it's, it's the injectable testosterone hormone in a water base. So there's no ester attached to it, and it's pure. 100 milligrams is actually 100 milligrams. There's, um, it's pure testosterone. The problem with it is there's a lot of post-injection pain, and also it's only going to be in your system a very short time. But the benefit, the only situation where I recommend you even touch this stuff is if you're a tested athlete because it's going to be impossible for them to call you and say, you know what, you got to report to the lab to get tested um, on Tuesday, you go on Tuesday, it's not going to be in your system. Even if you injected it that, that same day they called you. So that's what pro athletes will use to avoid detection. That's the shortest one. Um, the next one is propionate two to three day half-life. Um, it is also typically strong post-injection pain, but it is oil-based. Um, guys who are running short cycles, guys who are competitors who want to have their system quicker, they'll finish ahead of their competition. So it's out of their system. Um, then you have the on the drain sustenin blend, which is four blend all in one, four esters, one short, the propionate, one intermediate, and then two longer esters. Um, you have testosterone sepinate. It's about a 10 day half life, maybe, um, you know, some, I've seen some as low as eight, some as high as 11 or 12. Just depends on who you want to believe. But it's a very smooth injection. Um, it's what is used in the United States for, for testosterone replacement therapy, hormone replacement therapy typically. Um, in Britain, they like to use the sustenin. And in East Europe, they like to use the omnidrin. Another one that's used in the United States for long-term, you know, um, H HRT or TRT is testosterone enanthate. And that half-life is similar to sepinate. Um, it's, it's somewhere between 10 and 12 days. And it, again, it's very smooth, has long esters, so you can inject it once a week, no problem. You also have the testosterone phenylpropionate, which has a half-life of about four days, three to four days. You've got the isocaprate which has a half-life of about seven or seven days, about six or seven days. And then you have the long decanate ester, which is 12 to 14 days. Um, that one is really good if you're on uh, long-term TRT or HRT, if you're cruising. And then you have the undecanate, which is a really, really long half-life. It exceeds two weeks. And that one you only have to inject maybe once every two or three weeks because that one is a super, super long ester. So, you know, Quickly, you know, what do I recommend if you're running a short six to eight week cycle, go with the propionate, it's in your system, peaking quicker, it hits quicker, it's out of your system quicker. If you're running a normal 12, maybe 14 week cycle, go with the SIP or the enanthate ester. 
if you're running uh, TRT, HRT, go with the long esters, guys. Go with the decanate or undecanate. So, Rick, tell us, tell us uh, some more stuff about testosterone. Go ahead. So now that you ran through the esters and the times, I'm going to give you guys a little something here about the weights. So I said this in another podcast. I'll rehash it again. When you look at the milligrams that you are injecting, right, uh, you got to think about it this way. When the, when the raw powder or, or when the raw hormone is being weighted out to be made into a, a formula, the total weight of the hormone includes the ester chain. Now, the ester chain does not grow muscle. It is just there to let that hormone get suspended in oil. And so that once the hormone enters your body, it's not in and out used uh, right away, but that it, it lingers. It can linger for days, uh, sometimes weeks. So it's, it's just important to know that when you inject, let's say, 100 milligrams of testosterone propionate, about 80 milligrams of that is going to be actual active testosterone, while about 20 milligrams is going to be the propionate ester chain that needs to get cleaved off, needs to be, needs to come off the steroid first before it can interact with, with the receptors and do its thing. The way your body cleaves or, or takes off the, the ester chain is with a couple of enzymes that are there and these enzymes interact naturally in the body with other structures that are like it. And when the steroid is, is in your system, these enzymes are naturally drawn to interact with the structure and it takes that little uh, ester chain, takes a little chain off of the steroid. Now the steroid can interact with uh, the receptors. Testosterone cypionate, for example, you get about 69 milligrams of actual testosterone for every 100 milligrams of the rest uh, is ester. When you're talking about something like testosterone decanoate, testosterone undecanoate, you're only getting about 62 to 61 milligrams of testosterone that will actually build muscle for every 100 milligrams of testosterone decanoate or testosterone decanoate. The other uh, 38, 39 milligrams are non-muscle building ester chain that like I said earlier, has to come off, off of the base hormone before the base hormone can interact with uh, receptors or, or other enzymes itself, like five reductase or the, the aromatase enzymes. Now, I have to mention natate because that is a popular ester. That's about 70 milligrams of testosterone that you get for every 100 milligrams of testosterone natate. You get about 70 milligrams of active. The other 30 milligrams are the ester chain, like I said earlier. So it's a quick rundown to go with your uh, timelines there, Steve. So let's talk about the benefits. First um, time I ran testosterone, I ran um, a sustenin, the sustenin blend, uh, 500 milligrams a week. Um, the first, one of the first things I noticed is in the gym strength, strength was up. My libido was up. My mood was up, felt like a million bucks, felt like I was 17 again. You know, that feeling when you're 17, um, it was just amazing. Appetite went up. Um, I was growing muscle like a weed and I was getting, I was getting bigger, man. I was getting confident and everything. So it, it basically makes you feel like you're young again especially as you get older because your testosterone levels drop as you get older, you throw in, you know, exogenous testosterone and it's, you're going to feel young again. It feels fantastic. So those are the benefits guys. And you know, I, what I like to do is what I did on my, my cycles is I'll kickstart it with a oral and, um, and that really worked well. First three, four weeks kickstart it with an oral and then run the 500 milligrams a week for 12 
weeks. That's a good first cycle, even second or third cycle. And that will, that will do the job. You're getting the both androgenic and anabolic effects. Yeah, I like testosterone quite a bit. It's kind of the only thing I use now along with EQ. At my age, it gives me a little boost. I, I don't really juice a lot anymore. I just want to stay healthy and, and stay strong and look good. So testosterone, you know, just gets me there. One of the things I like about testosterone is that when you really think about it, it's already what your body is used to having. You just put in more of it. I don't really run the chance that I, stuff that I think about now going into 40 of using something that later on might give me some side effects that we might not know about. Look, you don't just have no idea what some of the stuff can do down the line. But testosterone, I can confidently say my body already makes it. Uh, there's well-documented information on the side effects of having too high a testosterone for too long. That already, we already, we already know what the problems um, that can occur there are. And uh, I can prepare for that. Also, the side effects from testosterone are very predictable, very predictable. And uh, the drugs to counteract them are readily available. If you have an issue with testosterone uh, turning too much into estrogen and giving you estrogen side effects, you have a very wide choice of different anti-estrogen drugs you can use to counter it. Everything from just Novodex to keep it out of receptors to, to Rimidex, to Romacin, uh, to lower overall estrogen. If you have an issue with testosterone becoming too much uh, DHT, dehydrotestosterone, and giving you some of those really androgenic side effects. So yeah, if you have an issue with your testosterone being converted into dehydrotestosterone at, at too high of a rate, and giving you some of those side effects like hair loss, prostate enlargement, some of these side effects that you, that you get, then you also have a choice of drugs that you can use to combat those. And, and this is all well documented. The, the research is all out there uh, where when you use these drugs to combat side effects from other steroids that are not testosterone, we're bro science in it really to a large degree because the test and the real information isn't out there. Whereas it is about testosterone. So I feel pretty confident going forward that uh, if I have some issues, they'll be from my testosterone being too high, not from some unknown link between this synthetic hormone that I've used for decades and, and something in my brain down the line, right? So that's what I really like about testosterone, just the predictability of it at all. Also, it's probably one of the cheapest steroids you can buy. So it's rarely ever fake. I mean, I can't say enough about it. It's just a great anabolic, just a great steroid. And in my opinion, and I'll, I'll give people advice about every steroid out there, familiar with all of them. I've used all of them at some point. But I will just tell everybody, and I'll keep saying this in the podcast, if you're just trying to look good with your shirt off, if you're just trying to look tight and be strong, look at testosterone is all you need. So let's talk about some of the misconceptions, and this kind of goes into side effects as well. The biggest misconception I see on the forums is guys don't understand that if they take testosterone, they'll get shut down. It does shut you down, guys. It's going to shut down your pituitary glands. Anytime you introduce an exogenous hormone, doesn't matter if it's testosterone, trenbolone, DECA, DBOL, whatever, it's going to shut you down. And testosterone shuts you down severely, so you must run a post-cycle therapy after testosterone. Don't think that you can just run testosterone and, and nothing, you know, they, that you're not going to get shut down. So always run a PCT after. 
the other misconception is guys think they can run these absurd dosages. I see a thousand milligrams a week, 2000 milligrams a week. They think they can run as much as they want. They're not going to have effects. All those side effects that Rick mentioned, they become very severe when you abuse testosterone. The estrogen issues, the energetic issues, is DHT issues. And that will compound themselves as time goes by. So there's no reason to run it at high dosages. The most I've ever ran it was 750 milligrams a week, which was plenty. I got, I got just as good results as 500 milligrams a week. So I reject the idea they have to, they have to run one or two grams a week of testosterone. So less is always better. Um, I like to run low dosages of testosterone when I'm on cycle. Let's say I'm running Primo, EQ, Trend, whatever. I like to run a super low dose of testosterone with them. Um, and, and just to give it a little androgenic kick. So testosterone is, um, you know, it's a good versatile, uh, you know, steroid. It's, it's the top selling steroid out there in terms of injectables. And it's, um, you know, it really, really um, can be used in, in all, any cycle you can name. So it's a tremendous um, compound. And like Rick said, any steroid source is going to have not all testosterone, not just testosterone, they're going to have different versions of testosterone. They're going to have different esters of testosterone. We see them, um, we see a lot of sources that will sell different, they'll sell the base, the suspension, they'll sell all the way up to the undecanate, um, long ester, from short ester, long ester, in between blends, all kinds of different uh, things will be sold for testosterone. So it's very versatile for sources and, and on the black market. And it's very, very cheap, as Rick said. You know, a vial of testosterone, I mean, costs, costs less than it costs you to wash your car. That's, that's the reality of it. So it's very cheap. I used to be able to buy a amp of testovarin, which is a testosterone anatic, one, one milliliter amp, uh, 250 milligrams for about $7 US. And then, um, and I had the option of getting testovarin, which is that the one amp, or getting uh, Nevito, which is testosterone undecanoate. It's a big uh, jug, four cc's, and it has a thousand milligrams of testosterone four cc's and Bayer discontinued testovarin off the market. Can't get it anymore. Can't find it at, at any pharmacy. Just no, uh, they didn't even send me a letter or anything. Don't let me know. <laughs> and it's, and it's now gone. And I, so he, let me just uh, give you uh, give you guys a price difference. Just going to Pharmacia over the counter, right? Testovarin, 250 milligrams, one cc amp, $7. And you know, like I explained earlier, we're getting a good amount of uh, testosterone there because it's the shorter ester. Now, on the other hand, Nibido, testosterone undecanoate, four cc jug, 250 milligrams per cc. So it's a thousand milligrams, $74. So my steroid bill just went up because <laughs> I only use human grade test. Apparently it's going to be tough, almost impossible for me to continue to get testovarin anymore. I've been pretty saddened by these news, man. I can't get a legit testovarin corner of pharmacy like I used to anymore. Yeah, that's, that's interesting. That's an interesting little uh, situation there, but um, all right, guys. Excellent. So guys, we really appreciate you listening to this podcast. I think we covered pretty much everything on testosterone, but if we miss anything, we'll definitely follow up on a future podcast. 
Thanks for listening, guys. Our next podcast is coming up next week. I hope you guys will join us once again. For Steve, Smee, and Rick, this is another episode of Evolution.org podcast coming your way. Thanks a lot, guys. Take care. Hey, thanks for listening, guys. Have a good one, Steve. Guys, this is the required legal disclaimer. We are only sharing our experience from years of steroid use. We are not doctors, and none of what we say should be regarded as medical advice. Always check with your doctor before taking any drugs or starting any training program. All right, guys, podcast 284 coming your way. Steve Smee here, Evolution at Org podcast with Rick. What's up, buddy? Hey, what's up, Steve? What's up, guys? This is podcast 284, and we're doing part two of testosterone, which we uh, had some technical difficulties and uh, ended up not, um, we ended up having to clip a lot of uh, sound out of that podcast. So this is going to be the replacement for that. Yeah, and that, that podcast was number 278 if you guys want to go back part one. So this is going to be part two, guys. So let's let's get into it, guys. First off, let's talk more about cycling ideas with testosterone. So I can tell you the first time, you know, uh, you run a cycle, everyone always says you got to run 500 milligrams of testosterone for a first cycle. And the reason they do that, okay, is not because testosterone is a weak steroid or a safe steroid or a mild steroid. It is a legitimately um, very, very harsh steroid, very, very suppressive on your body. It will shut you down very, very quickly. One of the most suppressive steroids out there. So don't think that just running it for a first cycle is somehow safe. So anytime you, you, you use any type of steroid, it's very, very serious business. But the reason they say, you know, hey, run 400, 500 milligrams for a first cycle is because it is both androgenic and anabolic. So you can just use it by itself and get a tremendous, tremendous results on a first cycle. So, but we're going to talk about though first is cycling it with something else that's called stacking. So I can say first off, since it is anabolic and androgenic, you can cycle it with pretty much everything. Um, the, the thing is though, if you start stacking estrogenic compounds that aromatize and you're running a lot of testosterone that could give you a lot of estrogen issues. So you want to keep that in mind. So it really depends on your goals. There's a lot of yin and yang till stacking guys. So let's get into it. Um, Rick, I'm going to let you in first. Um, give us some ideas for stacking. What are your favorite testosterone stacks? Testosterone stacks roll well with pretty much everything, but uh, the classic, a really good one that I like is testosterone and EQ. Those two are my favorite stack. It's all I will ever use right now. And that's good enough for me. But my goals maybe aren't as lofty as some of these other younger guys listening, or even some of the older guys, right? Uh, it goes well with everything. Deca, Dianabol, Deca, Dianabol, and testosterone, classic combination. Testosterone goes well with Turinabol. It goes well with Winstrol. It goes well with pretty much every steroid out there. There probably isn't one that I could say wouldn't, it wouldn't do well with. Of, at least not over the top of my head, unless you have something, Steve. Um, and yeah, I mean, uh, good stacks. Uh, testosterone propionate, uh, tremble and acetate, and EQ. It's a really nice one. 
uh, testosterone, parabolin, uh, I'm sorry, I should say testosterone, primobolin, and maybe a little bit of Debo. That's a nice one as well. Primobolin and Debo with the test in there, that's really good. Um, and if you do, let's say something like testosterone masteron, it's actually a decent little combo as well. I like testosterone pretty much everything. I think I've done a couple of like oral only cycles and just a couple of test shots where I only did other steroids and didn't do tests. But I think for the most part, I've always had uh, just a testosterone dosage in, in I'd say most of my cycles um, ever because it, I just respond well to it. I don't have bad side effects from it. I feel like I, it works. I think my body handles it really well compared to other steroids. Uh, even at high, some of the higher doses, you know, I can do maybe a gram of test and won't get as many side effects as far as acne and, and pumps and things like that, that I might get, let's say on 40 megs a day of Debo. You know, it's just my body responds real well to it. And the drugs that are out there were made for testosterone, not for the other steroids. They were made for testosterone. So when you take auxiliary drugs, when you take any of the drugs to inhibit the enzymes, the five reductase, the aromatase enzyme, when you take all these drugs there, they were meant and tested for use on people suffering with side effects from testosterone. Uh, whether it be aromatization or conversion of DHT, uh, not for the other steroids. So there is, um, there's that as well. What I like to do with testosterone when I'm stacking it, guys, you go to one of two ways. You can go the bulking route or the cutting route. Okay, let's just keep it simple, um, you know, on those topics. Let's say you want to bulk. You know, stat, use 400, 400, 500 milligrams of testosterone, and you can kickstart it with some D-bowl. Nothing wrong with that for a bulk. Another option, too, you can throw in EQ. EQ, um, you can bulk with, with EQ and the testosterone. So you do maybe, let's say, 200, 300 milligrams of testosterone, five, 600 milligrams of EQ. Boom. Now you get a bulking steroid. Say you want to cut. Do a low dose of testosterone, maybe a TRT dose, like 125, maybe 200 tops milligrams a week. And you can throw in some masterin in there. You can kickstart it with some T-Bowl, Anavar, or even Winstrol. Boom. Now you got a nice cutting stack. So it's, it's very versatile, guys. It just depends on your situation. Let's say you want strength. Um, a lot of steroids are great for strength. We all know that. You can run testosterone with, four, let's say, four or 500 milligrams of testosterone. And you can run, uh, again, you can run EQ with it. Um, EQ would, would, would stack in really good. Give you a nice, nice mild little kick to that cycle. Maybe, you know, four or 500 milligrams of the EQ, four or five milligrams of the testosterone. That's a huge cycle. Let's say you want to um, run trend with um, testosterone. I'd run a small dosage of testosterone, say 125 milligrams a week of testosterone, and you can throw in 200 to 300 milligrams a week of the trend. Boom, now you got a nice strength cycle. And then you can throw in some T-Bowl or VAR with that. That'd be a nice um, cycle and won't give you too much side effects. There's all kinds of different ways to do it guys really there isn't any wrong answer the only wrong answer like i said when i started i really don't like to see guys run a lot of aromatizing compounds and then run a lot of testosterone with it so if you're running 500 or 1000 milligrams of testosterone and you're throwing in 50 milligrams of d-ball and you're throwing in deca and you're throwing in a bunch of aromatizing compounds it's not a good idea guys because you're just gonna blow it up you're just gonna put on like you know 20 pounds of just 
fat and water. And I just don't see the point in doing that. Now, if you want to get a nice bodybuilding cycle, then you can do testosterone with Primo. I like five, 600 milligrams of Primo and then a low dose of testosterone, let the Primo do the work. And you can stack in some VAR if you want an oral. So there's all kinds of ways, guys. And uh, yep. yeah, the doses matter. Uh, you just mentioned uh, Debo, Deca, and, and testosterone. That's a classic cycle, but the doses matter. If you keep them low, you won't have any real issues with the bloating and some of these other stuff if you make sure to keep your doses low. Also, um, as far as testosterone goes, you can get pretty far with just like, you just need testosterone, good quality aromas, and make sure it's legit, and some stinging nettle root. Uh, the, the aromasin, obviously, to keep um, your estrogen low so you don't have uh, estrogen issues and you're also not wasting a bunch of testosterone that becomes estrogen in your body and doesn't do what you want it to do. Also, stinging nettle root extract. It helps uh, raise your free testosterone levels. If you have good legitimate test, good legitimate aromasin, and uh, good uh, high-quality stinging nettle uh, root extract, like the one we put in H in into like the one we put in and to generate uh, you get, you can get pretty far and uh, how you change your physique on it on just testosterone alone. The only danger is, like I said, just keeping that conversion um, for, to estrogen from happening. And, you know, if you start to have some issues from, from DHT conversion, and I probably wouldn't go right ahead and try to kill the DHT right away. Um, I would most likely just try to lower dose a little bit until uh, they were they were in a way that were manageable. All right, guys. So let's get into the next topic on uh, testosterone. Um, Rick mentioned drugs, um, some drugs, and he pretty much hit the nail on the head. I'm a really big advocate of the N2GAR wire on cycle, no matter what you're running. And then um, I'm a really big fan of aromasin. A lot of guys ask me, you know, what's the best aromatized inhibitor? Aromasin is the most modern one. It's a suicide aromatized inhibitor that means it will disable the, the the estrogen enzyme permanently so you don't get a rebound um, so it's it's also uh, going to boost your igf1 it won't suppress your igf1 uh, like some other ai so i don't recommend using the, the harsher ais like letro you don't want to use letro on cycle aromasin is the one to go with guys and you can you can run blood work to kind of to balance out your estrogen levels so you know where it's at. You don't want your estrogen levels too high, but you also don't want it too low when you're on cycle. So blood work is key. And a lot of guys want to know what to, you know, how much aromasin you want to run. Um, you know what, guys, it depends on how much testosterone you're running and also what you're stacking. But let's say you're running 500 milligrams of testosterone. You can start with 12.5 milligrams of aromasin every other day or every third day and run blood work and adjust your dosage from there. So Everyone's going to be a little different on that. So blood work is the key, guys. You can go on evolution.org forums. And in my signature, there is a link where you can get blood work for like 60 bucks. So there's no excuse why you should not get blood work. Rick, any, any other um, advice on that? Uh, yeah, look, I tell guys all the time, try to get your testosterone from your doctor if you can. It's real easy to get a script. Just find a good doctor, find a good clinic, and get it from a doc. Get legitimate human-grade testosterone. There's really nothing like it. And you'd be sparing yourself a lot of trouble in the future, I think. I, I really think a lot of this underground lab stuff is 
highly toxic, man. It's got heavy metals. It's not, it's not tested for any of these things. So try to get your testosterone from your doctor. Um, and that's, you know, that's my best advice for most of you guys out there. Which doctor should guys be going to? A urologist, an endocrinologist? You want to you want to find a rejuvenation clinic. Those are the specialists. They know what they know what you're contacting them for. You know, if you go and try to talk your family doctor into it, good luck. But if you link up with a clinic, uh, you'll be you'll be fine. Try to find a, a clinic in your area. If you need to maybe take a trip, road trip or airplane trip uh, out of state to go see a doctor in person out of state that can prescribe. That's probably what you need to do. But yeah, just go to a, a rejuvenation clinic. That's all about what you're looking for. And they'll have other real interesting items that they can prescribe as well on top of the testosterone to help you reach your goals. You know, they can do growth hormone. They can do a lot of different things. It depends on your particular situation and who you link up with. All right, guys. So if you do buy uh, testosterone underground, the nice thing about testosterone, unlike other steroids, is it's very easy to find out if it's legitimate. All you need to do is run blood work. Again, to check my signature on evolution.org, you can run blood work for 60 bucks, okay? And so what you're gonna do um, is you're gonna look for where your testosterone levels are. Now, the normal level for males is somewhere between 250 and 950 nanograms per deciliter. So when you're running testosterone, I would say about 125 milligrams a week of testosterone should put you somewhere around uh, 600 area, 600, 650. 150 milligrams will put you in the 800s and so on. So um, you should definitely be able to figure out if your stuff is legitimate. Let's say if you're running 500 milligrams of testosterone a week, that should put your blood work in the 3000s, okay? If you get an uncapped type of version. Now, when you run blood work, you wanna keep in mind most, most of the time, it's gonna be capped at 1500. So there'll be like a little arrow showing more than 1500. So you wanna make sure you get the uncapped version. If you're running a lot of testosterone, you wanna see if it's legitimate. But at the end of the day, guys, that's, that's what you wanna look for. Um, it's very, very easy to figure out if it's legitimate or not. You can't go by how you feel. You can't go by some of these, um, lab, these kits that will test uh, steroids. A lot of the kits themselves are not even accurate. So your best thing is blood work, guys. It's very, very, um, very accurate to, to figure out. And, um, you know, if you do buy it, again, underground, testosterone is one of the cheaper steroids. It's actually super, super cheap to, uh, for these companies, these underground labs to actually make. And they actually sell a vial of testosterone. I, I see, you know, vials go for somewhere between, depends on if it's a 10 milliliter or 20 milliliter, but you're talking, you know, between 40 and $90 between a 10 milliliter and a 20 milliliter. So it's very, very cheap. And it's probably cost them a few bucks to even produce. So they're making a huge margin on testosterone. That's why you see a lot of uh, sources pushing for guys to use testosterone because they make such a big margin on it. They definitely want people buying up the testosterone, unlike the other steroids, which are much more expensive to produce. And some, you know, sometimes these sources don't even make money selling these other steroids, but they make a fortune selling testosterone. Anything else to add, Rick? Yeah, when it comes to dollar per pound, testosterone is probably the cheapest way to go when it comes to steroids. You know, dollar per pound, testosterone is, yeah, it's the way to go. 
my opinion, yeah. Let me ask you through through a doctor if you get a TRT, how much would you be paying? Or if you get, you know, if you go through a doctor though, he's only going to give you a TRT amount of testosterone. He's not going to give you 500 milligrams a week, correct? Absolutely not. Yeah, they're not going to give you that much. Yeah, so you still would have to get it. But I mean, what, what give us some, some economics behind getting on a TRT. What would be the economics behind it? How much would it cost for everything? It, it depends on your state. It depends on who you go to. Some have a higher, um, a higher fee up front. Some don't. Uh, you have to, uh, you know, some stuff can be covered by insurance. Some won't. It's, it's definitely going to be more expensive than going black market. But you have the security of not worrying about having illegal shit delivered to your door or having to carry illegal stuff. And it's legit. It's always legit. It's always good. So those are the, the real benefits to it. But prices can vary. Some places will want a couple hundred dollars up front. Some places will want five, six hundred dollars up front just for consultation. Uh, some places will have, you know, I've seen guys on as little as, as uh, 50 to 100 megs a week of testosterone, 100 megs every 10 days. And I've seen guys who got a script and they were doing 200 megs a week of, you know, legitimate human grade test with a script. I've seen it all over the place. It's, it's kind of at the doctor's discretion, but I've, I've seen, the, I've seen the, 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 the dosing and the pricing all over the place. I'd be hard pressed to recommend a specific place or, or give anybody a price range because it'll depend. The state you go to, it'll depend if your insurance will cover some of it or not. Yeah, that's good advice. All right, guys. So, I mean, that pretty much sums it up, guys. Quick quick podcast. We pretty much covered everything on testosterone. If you have further questions, feel free to hit us up on the forums. Steve Smee and Rick. All right, buddy. Have a good one, Steve. Have a good one, All guys. Right. Guys, this is the required legal disclaimer. We are only sharing our experience from years of steroid use. We are not doctors, and none of what we say should be regarded as medical advice. Always check with your doctor before taking any drugs or starting any training program.